0: section twenty nine of egypt africa and arabia this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the world's story volume three egypt africa and arabia edited by eva march Tappan. section twenty nine let my people go by theophile gautier translated by augusta m'c wright Timoft, raising one hand to his head and lowering the other to the ground now entered the apartment o oh king said he a mysterious person demands an audience with you his immense beard descends to his waist there are shiny protuberances like horns upon his bald forehead a strange power precedes him all the guards make way for him and all the doors stand open what he orders must be done and i was obliged to come to you and disturb your happiness even though i should suffer death for my audacity what is his name demanded the king moses replied Timoft. the king passed into another room to receive moses and seated himself upon a throne with arms shaped like lions he fastened a large pectoral about his neck grasped his sceptre and assumed a pose of superb indifference moses appeared another hebrew named aaron accompanied him august as pharaoh was upon his golden throne surrounded by his ores and bearers of flabella in that room with its high ceiling supported by enormous columns and its painted walls representing his own great deeds and those of his ancestors moses was no less imposing the majesty of age in this instance equalled the royal majesty although he was eighty years of age he seemed full of manly vigour and there was nothing about him indicating decay or senility the lines in his forehead and cheeks were like incisions in granite making him appear venerable without establishing his age his brown and wrinkled neck was attached to his broad shoulders by lean but still powerful muscles and a network of thick veins covered his hands that did not tremble like those of an old man a stronger spirit than the human spirit animated his body and his face shone even in the shadow with a singular light that seemed like the reflection of an invisible sun without prostrating himself as was customary when approaching the king moses advanced towards pharaoh's throne saying thus saith the lord god of israel let my people go that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness pharaoh replied who is the lord that i should obey his voice to let israel go i know not the lord neither will i let israel go not intimidated by the king's answer the stately old man repeated with great distinctness for the hesitation that troubled him formerly had disappeared the god of the hebrews hath met with us let us go we pray you three days journey into the desert and sacrifice unto the lord our god lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword aaron bowed his head confirming moses words why do you take the people from their work demanded pharaoh get you unto your burdens happily for you i am in a clement mood to-day or i should have had you beaten with rods your noses and ears cut off and your living bodies thrown to the crocodiles know even as i now declare it to you that there is no other god but Amon ra the supreme and primordial being at the same time male and female his own father and his own mother of whom he is also the husband from him descend all the other gods that unite heaven and earth and that are only different forms of the two constituent principles the wise men know it and the priests who have long studied the mysteries in the colleges and within the temples consecrated to the divers representations do not bring forward another god of your own invention to incite the hebrews to revolt and prevent the completion of the work they are engaged upon your pretext of sacrifice is transparent you want to escape depart from before my face and continue to make brick for my royal and sacerdotal buildings for my pyramids my palaces and my walls Go i have spoken moses seeing that he could not move pharaoh's heart and that if he insisted he should only excite his wrath retired in silence followed by the dismayed aaron i have obeyed the commands of the lord said moses to his companion when they had passed out through the pylon but pharaoh remained as insensible as if i had been addressing one of those men of granite seated on thrones at the palace gates or those idols with the head of a dog an ape or a hawk before whom the priests burn incense in the temples what shall we say to the people when they ask us how we succeeded pharaoh fearing that the israelites might take it into their heads to shake off the yoke if they should listen to moses made them work harder still and refused them straw to mix with their bricks so the children of israel went about egypt pulling up the stubble and cursing the taskmasters for they were very unhappy and they said that the schemes of moses had only increased their misery one day moses and aaron appeared again at the palace and once more challenged pharaoh to suffer the israelites to go into the desert and sacrifice to the lord how can you prove demanded pharaoh that you are indeed sent by the lord to tell me these things and that you are not as i suspect only vile impostors aaron threw down his rod before pharaoh and the wood began to twist and writhe to clothe itself in scales to move the head and tail to erect itself and to hiss horribly the rod had become a serpent its coils rattled upon the slabs and dilating its throat thrusting out its forked tongue and rolling its red eyes about it seemed to be looking for a victim to strike the oriris the attendants about the throne were paralyzed and speechless with fright at the sight of such a miracle the bravest had partly drawn their swords but Pharaoh was not in the least disturbed a disdainful smile flitted over his lips and he said so this is all that you have to show me the miracle is insignificant and the trick commonplace summon my wise men magicians and hieroglyphists they appeared they were persons of formidable and mysterious aspect with shaven heads and papyrus sandals on their feet wearing long linen garments and carrying canes engraved with hieroglyphics they were yellow and dried up like mummies from late hours study and an austere manner of living the fatigue of successive initiations had set its seal upon their countenances no part of which seemed alive but the eyes they took their places in a line before pharaoh's throne without paying any attention to the serpent that was still writhing stretching out its neck and hissing can you demanded the king turn your sticks into reptiles as aaron has just done in our presence o king is it for this child's play said the most venerable one of the band that we have been called from our cells where under starry ceilings by the light of lamps we meditate leaning over undecipherable papyri kneeling before obelisks with their hieroglyphics of deep and mysterious meaning unravelling the secrets of nature calculating the power of numbers laying our trembling hands upon the hem of the veil of great isis let us return for life is short and the learned has barely time to pass over to his successor the problem he has solved suffer us to go back to our work the first juggler, the Siya, who sounds his flute in the squares, will perform what you ask. Footnote Siya, serpent, charmer, end of footnote. Anana, do what I have demanded, said Pharaoh, to the leader of the hieroglyphists and magicians. Old Anana turned towards the college of sages who stood there motionless their minds already buried again in the abyss of meditation throw your sticks upon the ground and pronounce the incantation the canes fell from their hands upon the stone floor with a clatter and the wise men resumed their perpendicular pose like that of the statues leaning against the pillars of the temples they did not even deign to glance down at their feet to see whether the miracle had been accomplished so sure were they of the formula it was a strange and horrible spectacle the canes curled up like green twigs in the fire their extremities flattened out into heads or tapered away in tails some remaining smooth and others growing scaly according to the kind of serpent here they rattled there they rose up erect on this side they hissed and on that wound through themselves making hideous knots they were vipers bearing the mark of an iron lance on their bruised heads serastes with their threatening horns greenish and slimy hydras asps with movable fangs glass snakes yellow trigonophcephali crotalidae with short nose and black skin sounding their rattles amphisbynidae moving backward and forward boas opening their huge jaws wide enough to swallow the bull Apis, serpents with their eyes encircled by discs like those of the owl the floor of the room swarmed with them tahoser who was sitting beside pharaoh upon his throne drew her beautiful naked feet up under her pale with terror well said pharaoh to moses you see that the skill of my hieroglyphists equals or surpasses your own their sticks have produced serpents like that of aaron therefore if you wish me to believe in you perform some other miracle moses extended his hand and aaron's serpent sprang upon the twenty-four reptiles the struggle did not last long it soon swallowed the fearful animals apparent or real creations of the egyptian magicians then it resumed the form of a stick this result seemed to astonish Anana. he bowed his head pondered and finally said like one who has weighed the subject i will discover the word and symbol i have not interpreted aright the fourth hieroglyphic of the fifth perpendicular line where the conjuration of serpents is to be found o king is our presence still required asked the chief hieroglyphist haughtily i would fain resume my reading of hermes trismegistus which contains secrets of a very different character from these tricks of le pharaoh made a sign to the old man that he was permitted to retire and the silent cortege disappeared again in the depths of the palace the king re-entered the geneseum with tahoser the daughter of the priest still frightened and trembling on account of what she had witnessed knelt before him and besought him o pharaoh do you not fear to irritate by your resistance this unknown god to whom the israelites want to celebrate a feast a three days journey from here in the desert suffer moses and his people to perform their rites or it may be that the lord as he is called will punish egypt and we shall die what has this serpent jugglery alarmed you exclaimed pharaoh did you not see my magicians also turn their sticks into reptiles yes but aaron's devoured them all and it is a bad omen what does it signify am i not the favourite of frey and the beloved of amon Ra? have i not the figures of the conquered upon my sandals when it pleases me i will sweep out of sight with a breath all this hebrew race and we shall see whether their god can protect them have a care pharaoh returned tahoser who remembered what peori had said concerning the power of jehovah do not let pride harden your heart moses and aaron fill me with dread to have braved your displeasure they must be supported by a very terrible god if their god were so powerful said pharaoh in answer to to tahoser's fears would he leave them in bondage humble and uncomplaining as beasts of burden under the severest tasks let us forget these idle miracles and dismiss all anxiety think only of my love for you And believe that pharaoh has more power than the lord this visionary divinity of the hebrews yes i know that you are the subduer of nations the controller of thrones and that men are no more in your path than grains of sand blown about by the southern wind replied tahoser and yet i cannot make you love me said pharaoh smiling the ibex is afraid of the lion the dove dreads the hawk the eye cannot gaze at the sun and i am still bewildered and terrified in your presence human weakness cannot accustom itself at once to the majesty of a king a god always frightens a mortal you make me regret tahosa that i was not the first in your affections whether as in o Iris, a monarch a priest an agriculturist or even something still more humble but if i do not know how to make a man of a king i can make a woman a queen and i will deck your fair brow with the golden viper the queen will no longer fear the king even though you should place me beside you on your throne in my thoughts i would still be kneeling at your feet but you are so good in spite of your supernatural beauty your unlimited power and the effulgence surrounding you that perhaps my heart will take courage and dare to beat in response to yours it was thus that pharaoh and tahoser discoursed the daughter of the priest could not forget Ari and sought to gain time by flattering the passion of the king with a little hope to escape from the palace and go to rejoin the young hebrew was an impossibility poeri on the other hand accepted her love rather than shared it rachel notwithstanding her generosity was a dangerous rival and then pharaoh's tenderness touched tahoser to she would have been glad if she could have loved him and perhaps she was not so far from it as she fancied some days later pharaoh was driving along the shore of the nile standing upright in his chariot and followed by his train of attendants he was on his way to see what degree the river had attained when moses and aaron appeared before him in the midst of the road like phantoms the king reigned in his horses that had already shaken the foam from their bits upon the chest of the stately and motionless old man moses with a slow and solemn voice repeated his adjuration prove the power of your god by some miracle replied the king and i will grant what you ask turning towards aaron who followed him at a little distance moses said take your rod and stretch out your hand upon the waters of egypt upon their streams upon their rivers upon their ponds and upon all their pools of water that they may become blood and that there may be blood throughout all the land of egypt both in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone aaron lifted up his rod and smote the waters that were in the river pharaoh's attendants awaited the result with anxiety the king who bore a heart of brass in a chest of granite smiled scornfully trusting to the skill of his Hieroglyphus to confound these foreign magicians as soon as the rod of the hebrew that rod which had been a serpent touched the river the waters began to stir and seethe their muddy appearance underwent a perceptible change a reddish tinge manifested itself then the whole mass became a deep crimson and the nile was turned into a river of blood rolling high its scarlet waves and tossing a pink froth upon the shores it looked as if it mirrored a tremendous conflagration or a sky rent with lightning but the atmosphere was calm thebes was not on fire and the unchangeable blue spread itself over this red stream dotted here and there with the white bellies of the dead fish long scaly crocodiles helped themselves up on the banks of the stream with their crooked legs and ponderous hippopotamuses like great blocks of red granite covered with a black leprous scum fled through the rushes or lifted their enormous muzzles above the surface unable to breathe in the bloody water the canals ponds and pools were all of the same color and the jars containing water were as red as the craters that received the blood of victims pharaoh was unmoved by this prodigy and said to the two hebrews this miracle may terrify a credulous and ignorant populace but there is nothing in it that surprises me let inanna and the college of hieroglyphists be summoned they will perform the same trick the hieroglyphists led by their chief arrived glanced at the river with its red waves and knew what was required of him restore everything to its former state said he to moses companion that i may work the same enchantment aaron smote the stream once more and it resumed its normal color inanna made a sign of approval like an impartial savant doing justice to the skill of a brother he found the thing well done for one who had never had like himself a chance to study science in the mysterious chambers of the labyrinth where only a few of the initiated could enter the tests were so severe it is my turn now said he and he stretched out his cane engraved with hieroglyphics over the nile muttering some words in a language so old that it must have been unintelligible even in the time of menes the first king of egypt a language of the sphinx with syllables of granite an immense red flood spread from shore to shore instantaneously and the nile began once more to roll onward with its bloody waves towards the sea the twenty-four hieroglyphists saluted the king as if about to retire remain said pharaoh they resumed again their impassable look have you no other proof to give of your mission but this my wise men as you see imitate your enchantments without any trouble not disconcerted by the irony of the king moses said to him in seven days if you do not suffer the children of israel to go into the desert so that they may sacrifice unto the lord according to their ceremonies i will return and perform another miracle in your presence at the end of seven days moses returned he repeated to his servant aaron the words of the almighty stretch forth your hand with the rod over the streams over the rivers and over the ponds and cause frogs to come up upon the land of egypt as soon as aaron had stretched forth his hand millions of frogs came up from river canal stream and marsh they covered the fields and the roads hopped up the steps of the temples and palaces invaded the sanctuaries and the most retired apartments and new legions were ever following after the first the houses were full of them the kneading troughs the ovens the chests one could not plant his foot anywhere without crushing one as if on springs they jumped between the legs on the right on the left forward and back away in the distance you could see them plashing about leaping clambering over each other for already there was scarcely room for them and their ranks closed together and were heaped and piled one upon another out in the country their innumerable green backs looked like fresh and verdant meadows in which their yellow eyes were the flowers the animals horses asses and goats irritated and frightened fled across the fields only to encounter on all sides this unclean germination pharaoh who contemplated from the threshold of his palace the rising flood of frogs with an air of disgust and annoyance crushed as many as he could with the end of his sceptre and pushed away others with the curved toe of his sandal vain efforts newcomers springing from one could not tell where replaced the dead more lively more noisy more unclean more troublesome and more daring thrusting out their spinal columns fixing their great round eyes upon him spreading out their webbed feet and wrinkling their white throats the repulsive creatures seemed endowed with intelligence and the layers were thicker about the king than elsewhere the living tide rose higher and higher on the knees of the colossi on the cornices of the pylons on the backs of the sphinxes and creosphinxes on the entablatures of the temples on the shoulders of the gods on the pyramidal points of the obelisk the hideous little beasts with their backs hunched up and their toes spread out had taken up their position the ibises which had rejoiced at first over this unexpected windfall prodding them with their long beaks and swallowing them by the hundreds now began to be alarmed at the prodigious invasion and flew up towards the zenith clapping their bills aaron and moses had triumphed inanna being summoned seemed to be lost in thought with his fingers upon his bald brow and his eyes half closed he looked as if he were searching in his mind for some forgotten magic formula pharaoh annoyed turned towards him well inanna by dint of dreaming have you lost your mind and is this miracle beyond your power by no means o king but when one measures the infinite computes eternity and unriddles the incomprehensible he may happen not to have at his tongue's end the strange sentence that has power over reptiles bringing them into existence or destroying them behold now all of this vermin shall disappear the old hieroglyphist waved his wand muttering a few syllables immediately the fields the squares the quays, the streets of the city the palace courts and all the rooms in every house were rid of their croaking occupants and restored to their original condition the king smiled proud of the skill of his wise men it is not enough to have dispelled aaron's enchantment said inanna i am now going to repeat it inanna waved his wand in an opposite direction and pronounced a different formula in an undertone the frogs instantly reappeared in greater number than ever jumping about and croaking and in the twinkling of an eye the land was covered with them but aaron stretched out his rod and the egyptian magician could not remove the invasion brought about by his own enchantments it was in vain that he repeated the mysterious words the incantation had lost its power the college of hieroglyphists retired abashed and thoughtful pursued by the vile plague pharaoh wore an angry frown but he was still obdurate and would not hearken to the prayer of moses his pride would hold out to the end against this unknown god of israel however not being able to rid himself of the ugly reptiles pharaoh promised moses that if he would intercede for him before his god the hebrews should be permitted to go and sacrifice in the desert the frogs died or returned to the water but pharaoh's heart grew hard again and in spite of tahoser's gentle remonstrances he did not keep his promise and now all manner of plagues and scourges were let loose upon egypt a mad struggle took place between the hieroglyphists and the two hebrews whose prodigies they imitated moses converted the dust of egypt into insects Ananah did likewise moses took two handfuls of ashes and threw them up toward heaven as he stood before pharaoh and immediately a red pestilence broke out and the skin of the egyptian people was covered with an eruption that did not touch the hebrews imitate this miracle said pharaoh beside himself with rage his face as red as though the flames of a furnace were shining upon it to the chief hieroglyphist where would be the use responded the old man in a discouraged tone of voice the finger of the unknown is in all of this our vain formulas are of no avail against this mysterious force submit to it and suffer us to return to our sanctuaries that we may study this new god this almighty one more powerful than amon ra than osiris and than typhon the science of egypt is surpassed the enigma guarded by the sphinx is meaningless and the great pyramid covers but an empty void with its enormous mystery as pharaoh still refused to let the hebrews go all the cattle of the egyptians died but the israelites did not lose one a south wind rose and blew all night and when the day dawned an immense reddish-brown cloud veiled the entire sky through this tan-colored mist the sun glowed like a buckler in the forge and seemed to be stripped of its rays this cloud was different from any other cloud it was alive there was a rustling sound through it and a fluttering of wings and at last it descended upon the earth not in great drops of rain but in layers of pink yellow and green locusts more numerous than the grains of sand in the libyan desert they followed each other in whirlwinds like straws before the tempest the air was dark and dense with them they filled the ditches the ravines the watercourses they extinguished with their numbers the fires kindled for their destruction where they encountered an obstacle they collected in heaps about it until they surmounted it if you opened your mouth one was sure to enter they lodged in the folds of your garment in the hair in the nostrils their thick ranks drove back the chariots knocked down solitary wayfarers and soon hid them from sight the formidable army jumping and flying went up and down over egypt from the cataracts to the delta covering an immense extent of land mowing down the grass reducing the trees to skeletons eating up the plants to their roots and leaving nothing behind them but the ground bare and empty as a threshing-floor at the prayer of pharaoh moses caused the plague to disappear an east wind of great violence carried all the locusts into the red sea but this stubborn heart harder than brass porphyry and basal would not relent hail a scourge unknown to egypt fell from the sky amid blinding flashes of lightning and deafening peals of thunder its enormous stones cutting and breaking everything before them and leveling the wheat like a scythe then a black opaque and frightful darkness in which the lamps went out as they do in the depths of the tombs where there is no air settled down with its black clouds over the land of egypt so fair so luminous so sunny beneath its azure sky whose night is clearer than the day in other climates the terrified people believing themselves already enclosed within the impenetrable darkness of the sepulchre groped their way along or sat down beside the propylons moaning and rending their garments one night a night of terror and gloom a spirit passed over egypt entering each house whose doorway was not stained with blood and all the first-born male children died the son of pharaoh as well as the son of the most miserable Perishite. yet the king in spite of all these terrible signs would not yield he remained within his palace silent and unapproachable gazing at the body of his son extended upon the funeral bier with jackals feet unconscious of the tears with which tahoser bathed his hands moses loomed up on the threshold of the room without waiting to be announced for the servants had fled in every direction and repeated his demand with imperturbable solemnity go said pharaoh at last and sacrifice to your god as you like 29 this recording is in the public domain